you are listening to Quality Time, a podcast designed to support Nebraskan providers through their journey with Step Up to Quality. I am your host, Colleen Schmidt. Get ready to listen as we prepare to elevate each other as we step up to quality. Welcome back, everyone. Today, I am speaking with my friend Angie Lang from Bright Beginnings Child Enrichment Center in Scribner, Nebraska. I have been there and been able to visit and observe and see the magic that happens in Scribner with Angie and her team. And I am super excited that you're here, Angie. So I'll let you introduce yourself and let our audience know a little bit about your story, how long you've been in the field and the type of work that you do. All right. Well, thanks for having me, Colleen. This is exciting. Um, My name is Angie, as Colleen had said, and I have been the director at um, Bright Beginnings in Scribner for over 13 years, which I've also owned the center. Um, Yeah, I went from being a restaurant owner to a daycare provider. Um, I had done childcare before I did the restaurant business. And then I don't know, I guess I had a wild hair and wanted to try something different, but ultimately I landed back in the childcare field and I just love it. Um, Like I said, been here 13 years in our little town of Scribner. We have about 900 people. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've done everything here and from cooking to directing to maintenance person to provider. Um, But ultimately, Working with the kids is pretty an, an amazing thing. I'm also a coach for the pyramid model rooted in relationships. Um, and I'm working on year number five of coaching with that, which has been an amazing thing to add to my resume and to the center. Um, yeah, that's, that's about it. We're, we're just a little center. We're only licensed for 41. Um, we like to keep about 30 to 32 kids on rolls just so that we have more personal one-on-one time with the kids and we're not overwhelmed. Um, but yeah, so that's a little bit about us. I didn't know that part of your story that you used to be a restaurant owner and yes. then one day we're like, oh, let's open yeah. up a, a different business serving yes. a different way. Yes, I, uh, I owned a pizza place. So oh, gosh. For about- 10 years of my life. So how cool is that? I love that. (laughs) Well, Angie, like I said, I've been to your center and you and your team are nothing short of a mate truly. And I really do mean that It, it, I could stay at your center all day long. I really, truly could. I could sit in that toddler room and smile the whole day because it is lovely and Todd's are hard. <laughs> they are. We love visitors. So you're always welcome. Oh, you're okay. Now you've, now you've opened the door. Here I come. <laughs> I just want to come sit in your toddler room for the morning. Yeah. But can you share a little bit about what led you to seek out step up to quality in particular as a means of further supporting all the amazing things that you most likely already were doing and tell us a little bit about your journey with Step Up to Quality. Sure. Sometimes it seems like it's been so long ago that we started this and sometimes it seems like we just started it. Um, but we, we did start several years ago and I'm not even sure um, how we first found out about Step Up, to be honest with you. I think it was probably, I mean, right after it started, maybe we got some correspondence and I kind of looked into it and 
um, my assistant, Lisa, she and I, we've been here forever together for 13 years. And when we started, we're like, you know what, this is not just babysitting. This is not just, just childcare. We raised the bar. That's, that was my favorite thing. I always tell my parents, we, we raised the bar. We set it pretty high for ourselves so that um, we had standards and we wanted parents to understand while the kids had fun here, they were here for educational purposes. And, and that was our goal is to make sure that they um, left our center when they did as very well-rounded. Um, so we saw a step up to quality as an opportunity to keep us um, consistent with keeping that bar high and keeping the education um, and the relationships and just everything in between um, at that high standard for our kids. Um, we whizzed through the first couple steps pretty easy. And then we requested a coach. We were um, paired with a coach and worked with her for a little bit. And then she had taken another job. So um, we hadn't formed a, a really big relationship with her yet. So it was kind of, it was easy, but it wasn't easy to transition to a new coach. Mm -hmm. um, the second coach we were assigned, um, turned out she was amazing. Um, we really meshed with her and she helped lead us through the next process. Um, and we, we buzzed, we, you know, we got to the three, we got to the four and of course we wanted more, um, because we knew we were there. And so we just kept working and kept working. And then we were awarded that five and it was just an amazing thing. So it, it, um, it truly was, we did take steps to get there. So the step up to quality, it, it truly is, you take it in steps. Um, we never were pushed to go any farther or faster than we were comfortable doing. Um, it was kind of funny because the staff that I had, we always strived for more. So it wasn't really an option for us to take the back seat and just, you know, mm -hmm. cruise through. We, we wanted to go and um, without that buy-in from the staff, we wouldn't have been able to achieve that five. Um, and it, it did take us, you know, a couple times, but we weren't willing to give up. And, and I give a lot of kudos to those ladies for pushing through. I love that. Oh my gosh. You said so many different things that I kind of want to <laughs> jump in and talk a little bit about. First of all, your quote about we raise the bar high. Like we know that we want to be the best that we can be in order to serve our babies and families so that they're leaving here with a well-rounded experience, feeling loved, feeling academically where we need to be, where, depending on where the kid is and all those good things. But what you said about finding that coach who was then you had that connection and then could guide you. And you mentioned that you never felt pushed. That's, that's where I think, and maybe I'm wrong listeners, but I feel like that's where a lot of people might have some anxiety or fear with joining Step Up is they're worried that, uh-oh, they're going to assign this coach who's going to come in and give me the what's what. And can you talk a little bit about that experience anymore? Like what, how does coach guide you? Like is coach coming in and saying, okay, Angie, you better do this or you won't get this or da, 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 da. Or how is the process in your view? There was, there, you know, I guess talking about how we had two, two different coaches inevitably, you know, my first one was 
Um, and they were both had different personalities. Um, our mm-hmm. first coach was amazing, super nice gal. She was very, I wouldn't call her strict, but she, okay, this is what you need to do. And, you know, she came in and we were a little overwhelmed at first. I, mm-hmm. I won't, you know, lie about that. And I think, um, we kind of like, oh my gosh. So I can see where you're saying some people think that it could be, um, yeah, you're kind of pushed. And we were like, okay, let's slow down a little bit. She was very willing to slow down with us. And then, like I said, we, then we had our second coach and, um, you know, I, I look at my second coach now, she's, she's a friend. She's, you know, she's more than that, but she, um, she's was always very open and, um, I could always come to her with questions and I would give her my ideas and she would listen and she would, you know, process them. And then she would, she would hit on the positives of mine and then give her input. And inevitably we worked together to come up with the best possible scenario, um, for the classroom, for the teachers, for the kids. Um, and obviously it, it worked because otherwise we wouldn't be, we wouldn't have gone where we did with it. So. I remember when I read that you all got your five because I had been there a few times and I knew what it was and what you did. And I remember just smiling so big and just being so excited. So please know on the other end, everyone is rooting for you all to get to that. Like we are cheering you on so hard. And as an evaluator or, you know, someone who comes in and does an observation, evaluator sounds like a fancy word. It's really not. As an observer, when I come in and get to watch what you do, I am always rooting. I have to be very evidence-based, but I'm, I want you to succeed. So I think the two things that I hope listeners kind of understand when we're talking about the step up to quality journey and our coaches and our observers and our leadership team, everyone is in your corner rooting so hard for you to get to that. And and we totally felt that. I mean, all the way through you could, you know, I agree, you know, as an observer, you come in and you can't really interact. And, um, but you know, you, we always felt comfortable having the observers here. Um, And, and it, it was super evident that we were getting those behind the scenes cheerleaders. When we did get that five, I got phone calls from, you know, from Lori Semino and from Jenny Fleming. And, you know, yes, it's just a phone call, but golly, that meant so much to every single one of us. And just to know that you have people behind the scenes, maybe people you don't even have never had a, a face-to-face yes. interaction meeting with they're cheering for you. They want what's best for you. And not necessarily just for me, but for the children we're caring for. It's, it's so important to have those cheerleaders and whether you see them or whether you know them or not, they're there. That is so, it's so true. It really is. Everyone is rooting for you. It's never an, I gotcha moment or trying to ding you or make sure that, you know, it's all about providing those quality interactions for our kids and our community. I always figure that we're all in this for the same, yes. same purpose. And when we can work together like this, it, it just, the results are amazing. Yeah. The results, the proof is in the pudding. Like right. the results are amazing. Absolutely. I, will, I will say that the results are very evident at your enrichment center, because when I, it's this, just what I shared earlier, like I, 
smile almost the whole time I'm there, even though I'm not supposed to, I'm supposed to have kind of a flat face, but it's so hard to not because it's so joyful and the relationships are so authentic and genuine and intentional with all staff. So you mentioned that a big part of getting to that five was you had to have buy-in with your team. So how do you do that? How do you make sure that everyone is on the same page with what our mission is? Well, everyone who is listening right now knows that childcare is probably one of the hardest jobs out there. Yes. Um, no one gets the recognition um, that they should when they're in this this or profession rather. It just, it's not, it's, it's probably, it's probably one of the hardest things I've ever done, but the support that I give my staff, um, I'm far from perfect. Don't get me wrong, but my door is always open. I'm always, you know, throwing things at them for ideas. They're throwing things back at me and um, we work together and it really becomes more like a family. Yeah. I could call us a team and we're a team, but we're more like a family here. Um, we support each other. We listen. We, um, again, like give ideas. It's just, they have to understand why they're here, the importance that they're here. And when they know how important they are to the mm -hmm. whole process, that's, that's the kicker right there. As far as the buy-in, um, they have to know how important it is. If they, if they know, and they don't believe it's not going to work, their classroom's not going to work. It's not going to work for them. It's not going to work for yeah. the kids. But when they understand the importance and they buy in and they are like all in and they're like, you know what? I see the results. I see why we do this. Mm -hmm. And they see the positive results on the other side. They're going to buy in. They're going to want more. They're going to want to be better. They want to better themselves. They want to better the kids. Um, it just, it's, it's a spiral event. What one thing leads, it leads to another and leads to another. And then pretty soon you have this great success story. Yes. And when you're talking about the buy-in and getting them to understand the why of what we're doing, you're, I think from listening to what you just said, I think a big reason why you might have that buy-in with your team is because you treat your team like they matter and that their opinion matters. Just what you said with, you know, I, I share ideas with them, but I want them to share ideas with me. Giving your teachers that ownership of their own professionalism, like treating them like they know what they're doing, but let me help you grow. Let me support you so you can be even better. Yes. Yeah, I absolutely. I always, I always tell them I am not maybe your typical um, person in charge. I don't like to use director. I don't like to use boss because those are, they have such negative yes. um, things to them, but I'm not a micromanager. I'm not going to go in and tell you how to run your classroom because I'm not the one in your classroom. Yeah. It has to work for them. And I think giving them that ownership, that's a big thing in their success. Because if you're always feeling like someone's barking down your throat, telling you're not doing something or you need to do something this way and not that way. It's not going to work for them. They, yeah, they have to, they have to want it for themselves. They have to see what works for them and, and run with it. Oh, that's why you're so cool, Angie. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, but I don't know about that, but we have fun doing it. I'm telling you. I know you do. And it is obvious that they have that sense of, you know, it's kind of like the kids, 
when you give your kids that sense of self or ownership or autonomy, if we're using a fancy word, um, to be in charge of their own learning, it's the same with adults. Like if we allow our adults, the ones holding the babies, have ownership of how and what and why, while still supporting them with best practice, that's where you see amazing things happen. And I really do think that is part of the reason why you were able to have these magical leaps and go up the steps so quickly because you have that, like you're, you're allowing them to see themselves as a professional, not just as the, the dirty word in early childhood, I like to say is the B word, babysitter. Yes. We don't yes. like that. Well, that's, none of us sit on babies, so we're no, not babysitters. So we're not. We're not. That's not who we are. But in order to not be that or see yourself as that, you have to have a leader or a team that will say you are a professional. Let's be professionals, but let's grow and let's do cool things. Absolutely. Let's talk a little bit about Scribner and the outside communities that you serve. So I think you're such a gift to Nebraska as a whole, for sure. And the, the world, <laughs> like if we're really looking at the big picture, but it, it's one of the reasons why I personally love the work I get to do with Step Up to Quality, because I see the magic of how you're able to directly invest back into your own communities that you serve. So let's let's talk about that. How has joining Step Up to Quality impacted your kids in your care, your families, and maybe even the community of Scribner and outside communities that you're serving and your team? Like how, how has this really helped where you are, your community? I see a lot of positives um, just working directly with our public school. Mm. Um, we, I have been told that the teachers are like, oh, we can tell you came from bright beginnings because, because of a lot of their, you know, just not necessarily just their education, but so much in general, their education, the way that they can express their emotions and just I don't know. I, it's hard to understand, but it's, it's, to me, that's quite a compliment for a public school to say, oh, yep, that's a bright beginnings kid. Um, so I always, you know, again, compliment my teachers on that because that is such a compliment to the daily work that they do. Um, yeah. And that's collaborative work. Angie, yeah. like that's not just Miss Lisa in the preschool room. Like it's everybody. It's the infant room, the toddler room. And it of course, everybody. wonderful Miss Lisa. But it is such a compliment and a testament to what you're doing when they say, wow, I can tell when they walk in, if they are, if they've had Angie kind of helping them for the last five years, because they have social emotional literacy, they academically feel comfortable and they're ready to go. That's a direct mm -hmm. gift because. And I do feel as, you know, also as far as staffing goes, I feel like when we go to trainings, um, my staff, is proud to say where they work. Yeah. You know, not everybody always is real excited about where they work. And I feel like they're 
and not overly proud, not, you know, oh, look at me, not that they're any better than anybody else, but I feel like they're proud and they, because of the work that they do and, and the positives that have come out of, of Bright Beginnings and it's yeah. so, yeah. And let's, so you're setting us up so nice for what I want to ask next. <laughs> I want to talk about the elephant in the room, which uh, a lot of people have been experiencing extreme amounts of turnover in all fields, but in our workforce in particular, we've had a ton of turnover. Traditionally, we have a lot of turnover, but over the last few years, there's been a mass exodus of people leaving early childhood or just education in general. We've had a lot of new people, a lot of people leaving, but something that is interesting about your enrichment center, you haven't experienced that. Why? <laughs> Tell everyone what's your magic, like what's happening? How did you retain First of all, tell us how long have your uh, teachers been there? Because you have a lot of people who have been there for the long, long okay. haul. Um, yeah. So Miss Lisa has been with me for 13 years. Uh, Miss Janice has been here for nine. Miss Cassie has been here for three. Miss Dean has been here for either seven or eight years. Um, I had just recently had a staff member. She had been here for about four years and took some time off to be a stay-at-home mom and she's back again. Um, gosh, I don't know. I think there's probably a, a there's higher hand in it, of course, but um, these girls are just amazing. And I try to show them and tell them daily, even if it's just a, you know, when they're out heading out the door to go home, you know, see you tomorrow. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Just a simple thank you. thank you. You know, it doesn't always have to be something big, but I, really try hard to make them understand that I appreciate what they do. Um, they don't always get that appreciation from parents. Like I wish they would. So I feel it's my job to let them know just how important they are to me and how important they are to the kids. It doesn't, like I said, it doesn't take anything other than a simple thank you. Maybe, you know, okay, a candy bar here and there, you know, it's payday. Hey, look, here's a payday bar. You know, I mean, something really corny and cheesy, but just so that they know they're appreciated. And again, everyone listening knows it's, this is not a high paying profession and it's hard and it's mentally challenging. But um, in addition to the, you know, the thank yous and the silly little candy bars or whatever, you know, it's just, a matter of showing them that they're appreciated, giving them the self-care trainings. Maybe um, I know a really good author who has written a really great book about oh. burnout. <laughs> I know that I've shared that book with my staff too. Oh, I appreciate that. <laughs> um, but it's, you know, it's the little things and I don't know, I guess, like I said, I'm blessed. Um, we just all mesh together and um, I can go to them if I'm having an issue on something and we talk about it. There's it. We're just, it's just hard to explain. It's just, you treat others the way you want to be treated. And that's, that's the mantra we have here. And um, it's worked for us. It, it really has. We've been lucky through COVID. Um, 
we've all just stayed together and we've worked together. And, you know, when maybe somebody's having a, a crummy day, then you know what, the other person is there behind them, patting them on the back, picking them up the slack. And it, you know, the thank yous and the go get and the add girls, they don't just come from me. That all follows through, you know, the other girls, they're just as big of cheerleaders for their peers and their coworkers as I am. And I think that's pretty important in today's day and age that burnout happens so fast, so easy. And when you don't have anybody there to help you, you're going to burn out a whole lot faster. Yeah. And if you don't like to come to work because of either um, mean girl or, or guy nastiness or negativity, or if I'm afraid of my, I know you don't like the word boss or director, but if I'm afraid of my boss, I don't Absolutely. like I don't like to come to work. Absolutely. I, I'm not going to work hard for someone who I'm afraid of or um, I don't respect. Or So I think that's also a testament to the tone that you've set there, Angie. Like you, it, you said respect. That's a big thing, too. And I never really I mean, I know the word I know, but I, I didn't hit on that. Respect is a big thing because I do you have to respect them. And I do respect them greatly because there are days that they're doing things and I'm hearing things from their classroom that I know I couldn't be doing that yeah. particular day. Um, so the respect is a, is a huge thing and it has to be, it has to be a two-way street. Yep. It does. You, I, gosh, you're so good. I feel like we, we could have like eight more podcasts with just yeah. you. I might just have a Angie an Angie podcast. <laughs> I love visiting with you. So that would be just fine with me. Well, that I feel the same. I could, but let's, let's wrap up because I really could just, I'm like, Oh, I want to ask her about this and this, but we'll have to save it for season two. You come yeah. back if, if you would like. I'd Absolutely. Okay. Well, we like to end this podcast uh, the same way with every guest by asking you to tell us about your why. So what is it? What's your why? Tell us why you like your job, why you keep showing up for your team and your babies and your families. What is your why, Angie Lang? My why is, is my staff and my kids and my families. And, you know, to think about ever um, leaving, again, my staff, my families, my kids, it. I don't know. It, it would be such a challenge because I formed such relationships with all of these people. Um, and, you know, when I started back into this after being a restaurant owner, I'm like, yeah, whatever. It's another, you know, big deal. It's, it's, you watch kids, whatever you go home at the end of the day. No, it's not that it's, it's the relationship piece. And I think that's my, why is that relationship? So, I mean, where else can you go to work and give hugs every day and, yeah build people up. And, um, so that's really my why I, I have created so many meaningful relationships with people and, you know, it goes back from like, so like one of my kids 13 years ago that was in childcare, um, she came back and she worked here in high school. Yep. And some of the kids that I had working for me in high school, now have children of their own and they have children here. Yeah. And it, it's just a domino effect. You, it, my why is definitely the relationships that I've created. Um, obviously there's so many perks to it, but that's probably my why I, I love seeing people. I love meeting people. I love, I love loving on people. 
Mm -hmm. and um, to see how they can go out after they leave here and succeed is just, it's huge. And I can say, you know what, I know them and they know me. And, and even the kids that don't come here anymore in their upper elementary and I'm walking by the school playground and they holler at me, Hey, Miss Angie, look at my dress. <laughs> or it was picture day today. Look at my smile that I used. Um, you know, that just, where else are you going to get that? And, um, you know, we all need our, our buckets filled and, and you know what, that helps fill my bucket. So um, maybe it's a little, maybe it's a little bit selfish, but, um, it's, a, it's a darn good feeling to have those relationships and those, those little people and, and big people too, you know, have those relationships and know, oh, it's just good. It is just good. And I just love what you do. You're special, Angie, you really are. And the way that you're serving and giving back, I know that fills your bucket to fill other buckets, but that is, yes. <laughs> that's a part of community care and that's a form of self-care even. So I, I love everything that you just shared with us. And I so appreciate you sharing your expertise and please come back. <laughs> Absolutely. I, would, I would love to visit with you anytime. Oh, good. I can't wait to go sit in the toddler room. I'm just kidding. Yes. <laughs> oh, well, thank you again for joining and thank you everyone for spending quality time with us. Please join us again as we chat about future topics to support our Nebraskan providers on their journey with Step Up to Quality. Until next time, bye-bye.